What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to find the perfect candidate? ZipRecruiter finds candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Right now, listeners can post jobs for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. And today's show is also sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Okay, boys, we are up and running. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one, Joey Svensson. It's the Open Christian Podcast. <laughs> yes. That's that's the one thing that lets my voice down compared to Devin's is that I cannot sing as high as him. We've we've had competitions before, and he can take it to a high level that I can't. Like I still sound like a plumber just trying to sing. You're high. a baritone De- man. De- just accept it. Uh, it's okay. And Devin Devin's a castrata. They cut his testicles off a long time ago. <laughs> no, Joey. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm sorry. Maybe that was a secret. We're not supposed to tell people. Just Google Castrata. That's what Devin is. Toby, would you be willing to lose one nut if you could get add another octave to your range? Oh, yeah. I don't hardly use those things anymore anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, well, I'd love to sing like Devin. I'd, yeah, take me out. Take, take those suckers out. I, Wait, Matt, you're the only one that hasn't had a vasectomy, too, by the way. So, yeah. yeah I mean, right. I, 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 can't even, I can't even impregnate a woman anymore. I consider like, that, I I consider that aborting millions of children to have a vasectomy. So, of course, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I self-inflicted myself right. to not have kids, and you say that, yeah. Yeah, you, you've I mean, aborted you, millions of children, potentially, in my view. So, You might have a point. You might have a point. Right. Are, are y'all doing good? Y'all having a good yeah. week? Yes. Joey, you well, having I mean, a good week? Yeah, it's Memorial Day, man. It's a day off. We just got back from the beach. My wife's at the pool with the kids and a bunch of friends, and I'm just chilling. I'm hoping I can get through this podcast early enough to go take a nap before the kids get home. That, my oh, friend, wow. would be badass. That so, would so be you, badass. That's really cool. So on, on a day like today, all you do care about is yourself and not the, the soldiers <laughs> that died for you to be able to take that nap. That's really, that's really interesting. No, no I, actually go up, I actually go up to veterans thanking them for their services. Do you do that shit? Uh, yeah, but I think today is about people who have passed I know, away. Right? I, well, I know. I'm just saying that I think I about the military. Do y'all do anything like that? Does that, like, do y'all get American pride, you know, like country pride and pride in our soldiers, like, on a day oh, like for today? Sure. Do you, do you oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I do too, a little bit. Like, seriously, I, I, like, when, when I went to the Jacksonville Jaguar Green Bay Packer game, opening um, game of the NFL this past year, I mean, I got choked up when those jets flew yeah. over and they had World War II veterans walking on the field. I don't, oh. I mean, I don't, I don't really care if you live in an America, if you live in America and you disagree with war, you can still honor soldiers for crying out loud, especially 90 year old men. You have no idea 
the ridiculous crap that they put up with going overseas and fighting for your freedom. I mean, it's just like put put your beliefs about war aside and honor these guys. So yes, yeah, well, I, I consider myself very patriotic. Well, well, we have fans who are in the military. It's it's one of the most. It, it really does get me. Like I I'm not the most uh, caring, graceful, nice person. But when we get soldiers that come to shows or or ride us or tell us, you know, or we hear about families who've lost a soldier, like that just that really is. I can't imagine giving your life for your country. I mean, it's just right. that, that that alone. I it just puts you in a level where I'm like, wow, that is just unreal. Mm-hmm. Well, I we used to be all, patriotic. All I used to be patriotic and think America was the best, and I still maybe deep down do, but I have to disavow it, uh, you know, publicly at least, so that the left doesn't call me a white nationalist. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, veterans and everybody else, I can't support you anymore for fear of being called a white nationalist. So, a white nationalist. <laughs> that's so crazy, though. It seems like. We that's what we lack is moderation. You either yeah, have right. to be patriotic and think America can do no wrong and defend slavery almost, or go so far as to say everything is evil and you can't have positive feelings towards soldiers. I mean, it's just like, why can't you be honoring for, for people that fight for your freedom and, and, and are, they're at least sent to the front lines, whether or not they agree with it or yeah. not, they go and fight Seems like you can honor them and not sure, necessarily sure. be a hundred percent on to America being this great, unbelievable country. You know? Yep, that's yeah. definitely. There's definitely right. should be room for all those things. I think. Oh yeah, I think hopefully there is. But anyway, well, I'm having a good, a pretty good week. I, I got a couple things. One, real quick, uh, I, I started keto again, so I'm. I'm oh uh, man, awesome. a little bit of weight, feeling good. But, your penis uh, weight always goes first, right? Yes, that you lose your penis weight first. <laughs> yeah it, it's where i needed to lose weight the most it's been causing problems my whole damn life i do keto just to get rid of that i mean it, it ain't it ain't good that'd be that that size anyway uh I, I told the bc so hey all you people that aren't in the bc club we do an extra episode uh for our BC Clubbers, you can join right now. Go to BC, uh, badchristian.com, and you can join right now, and you'll get to hear all the behind-scenes stuff that you don't normally get to hear, which I think is really interesting, and apparently so do the BC Clubbers. But I told them I'd tell this story. I did uh, keto, I'd say, i probably just call it low-carb a long time ago, and for about three weeks, all I ate was meat and cheese and maybe barely a little bit of lettuce. Like I, I was just like, I'm going to lose, I, I, that's all I want to eat, and I am never constipated. Y'all know me. Like I can go to the bathroom at all points of the day, no problem. Never had a trouble not being able to go to the bathroom. But I got so constipated that I could not go number two. So, and this was before I got married. So, this is like probably 12, 13 years ago. Uh, and, you know, I'm just a young guy in a band. Nobody's telling me anything. I should, I didn't even know about, I know it sounds crazy. I didn't know about enemas uh, that you could do that to help you, you know, if you're really constipated. I didn't know anything. So I think I eventually found out. I went to. I was like, I got to do something because I could not poop. I had to poop, and I had a turtle head for like a day, a day or two. Like, a, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I, I'd never dealt with any of this. I'd always been able to go to the bathroom. It was really crazy. So, all hey, real quick, knew, I, I call those peekers. Peekers. Okay, I call them turtle heads. So I was walking around with a turtle. Head. I, I said I had to do something. So I think I went to. Uh, the pharmacy and got like a uh, a stool softener or something like that. I don't know if any of our listeners are, are ever constipated, but I've never been. Uh, I mean, barely, but nothing like this. Like I could not go for like four days. 
And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And it was so crazy. And I was getting weak and my stomach was hurting. I was like, oh no, I got to get this turd out of me. It has to come out of me. So I took this stool softener and finally I was like, I can't take it anymore. So I went, I'd been trying over and over and all, all my muscles and body was weak. <laughs> so, so I went to the toilet. And I couldn't even, like, if I did, I wasn't strong enough to, like, sit down and push anymore. I, God, I, I mean, all praise and glory to all the women who push out babies. Cause I, I mean, I was exhausted just from this turd. And so I, uh, finally, I stood up and faced the toilet like I was peeing and put my hands on the wall and spread my legs <laughs> over the oh toilet my gosh. <laughs> to try and get some strength in my thighs and, and you know, legs. And, and, uh, I start squeezing and I promise you, it was, it was so painful. Uh, it was massive at this point, massive doo-doo, and just hard as a rock, wouldn't come out my butt, and so I put my hands on the wall, and I promise you, I started praying. I was like, God, please, Lord, deliver this out of my butt. <laughs> Take this away from me. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I don't know if I need to go to the hospital. Whatever it is, please get this out of me, and it started slowly working out, and a massive poo came Ugh. out, right, and it hit the toilet, and I was standing over it, and I promise, when it came out, it was probably a foot long, at least, and, and probably, I don't know how thick, it was, un- this is gross, I know, but I promise you, in that moment, this is true, it was the most genuine, honest worshiping I ever did in my life, I promise you, I promise you, I started crying, and I said, thank you, Father Jesus, for, you are holy, Lord, thank you, Father God, for doing this for me, I have, hallelujah, you, I'll never mess up again, no more bad stuff, no more porn, I'm going to be a nice guy, I'm going to give, I'm going to tithe, All, I mean, I said Thanks every, I promise you, this. it was just, I was like, this is the, which shows you how good my life's been. That's that, up until that point, that was the worst thing I'd ever been through. But that, so if you now I realize cheese is the enemy if you're doing, uh, well, you know, you get, lower carb or keto, if you if you go too crazy on it. Well, and happy Memorial say, stay, Day, stay everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So anyway, now with that being said, uh, Y'all know I do. You gotta have some fiber. How about that? A little metamucil. Yeah, you can have cheese. Yes. but a little metamucil yeah. will go a long way there. Oh man, and they got sugar-free orange. It's amazing. Um, but at, y'all know I do this sometimes too. But I wanted to. It's just been kind of building up, and I got to get it off my chest because I can't. It's, it's kind of like the poo. If I don't get this out, it just makes every, my whole life terrible. And I want to talk to y'all about a few things that are pissing me off. Hell yeah! All right. Okay, hey, man, some, some of our best episodes have been when you've gotten pissed off, so let's do this. Thank you, Joey. Hey, and you know what else? Super awesome that you're eating and chewing yeah. while you talk into right. the microphone. Love that oh, part hey. about you. Yeah, hey, just you're welcome. Keep eating. I was going to say that. I was going to say, if, I, if anybody hears me interrupting or talking over and not letting Joey in, it's on purpose because he's, <laughs> he's, he's shovel, shoveling food in his mouth ever since we've started every single minute. So that's why if you don't hear him talking or if we don't let him in the conversation, you don't want to hear him eating and talking at the same time. This popcorn is just so good. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell it, it actually is causing you to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, besides Joey's popcorn mouth pissing me off, did y'all hear about Giselle said that uh, Tom Brady had concussions and, yep. and it, like went behind his back on an interview, kind of, and so then his agent had to come out and say, no, he didn't play with concussions, and uh, Tom ha- has yet, I think, to say anything totally about it, but his wife comes out and talks about how bad uh, concussions are and that you know he lives with them and he hides them because he has to because he has to be a tough guy, and I was like, this is bullshit. I mean... How about this? She wouldn't be with him without football. You think she would be married to Tom Brady without him being a quarterback <laughs> in the NFL? Well, she the was complaining she's about him. it, like she wishes he yeah. wouldn't do it. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, no, concussions. I, I, I mean, I get it. It's serious. But nobody feels bad for the third shifter working at Walmart. Or, or how about the guy that's breathing, is breathing coal, working in a coal mine for 20 years? And, you know, it, I mean, yeah. it's like, it, I get it, but you sign up for this. Tom Brady signed up for it, and this supermodel goes on and, and talks about how bad it is and how we need to change anything as if she would be with him and love him without it. Without the concussions he got in Little League football, in high school, all this stuff. You think Giselle, supermodel yeah. Giselle's with Tom Brady? That's why. Damn it! That's why you don't need to fall in that <laughs> trap of feeling bad for women like mine and Toby's wife. It's so hard for you when your husband goes out of town. He's on the road. You have the kids. You don't hardly make any money. That's what they signed up for. I know. <laughs> no complaining. So people like you know Toby, you know people like Toby, into. people like Toby, Matt, and Tom Brady. That's right. I mean, girls, if you marry those kind of guys, don't complain. Suck it up. That's right. Yeah. If I, just because I Shut barely it. make money and am gone a lot, you've gotten the benefit of seeing your husband rock out on stage. So you can't complain yeah. anymore. Shut up. You know, yeah, they don't. They don't understand how hard it is to drink <laughs> to drink eight beers and play walls. Damn I know, it. <laughs> I know how right, Tom Brady must thing. feel. I'm I'm right there with him. I, I saw this t- this week. Uh, I've seen it several times. Plus, I get concussions last- headbanging. By the way. Anyway, back oh, to yeah. what you're saying. I know. I signed up for it. I actually think that might be true. Um, all right. I've seen this in the last year a ton. Husbands who say stuff like, oh, she was so awesome. She did so great. Our little one is here when their wives have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. They say, oh, what a trooper. You are awesome. So neat, right? That shit makes me mad. Why can't you just <laughs> tell the truth? It would be way more honoring to your wife if you said, you shot a human out of your body, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what you should be saying, not, oh, you did great. That, I think that totally takes away what the woman did. Her body was destroyed. She built a human inside of her belly and then shot it out. And you're going to say, great? What do you, because, what are you supposed to say? because he's saying things that his his wife would enjoy better than you shot something out of your body. No, How many females d- would like to hear, oh, you man, first came all the guts and then came the baby and then came the blood and you just shot it all out. I uh, mean, all right, how about this? You don't describe anything else so lightly that rips your body apart. <laughs> what else? <laughs> if a knife cuts through your body and slashes you, you say it. It's a but, well. But it's when a you shoot a human out your body, you just say, "Neat, you did good." If you're going to go public with it, yes, the, uh, everybody a woman, knows what she did. So but why a woman would you just does not. Awesome? A woman does not want a husband to go out there and just say, "Man, her vagina was just Exploded. getting bigger and bigger," <laughs> and man, she she strained and poop came out of her butt as well, and it was just gruesome. <laughs> I mean, what? Well, apparently what my, you don't you, you don't love your wife. That's on you. <laughs> if you wanted to be honoring, you, you would give the details. You want to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. Here's another one. This is what I hate. Okay. I, if I drink too much caffeine, I get a little jitters. All right. I don't do too good. So I hate the face that people make when you ask for a cup of decaf coffee. It <laughs> kills it's a shame. me. It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, they act like... Uh, I just said that I, I have a gun and I want all the money in the cash <laughs> register. It's unbelievable. Like, seriously. I, I mean, it, I, nobody makes a crazy face when you go, hey, can I have a Diet Coke? I, I mean, what in the what world? Is the, what I mean, is, so you, you order the decaf at McDonald's and they look at you with some kind of indignation or pity or what is it? I, describe the look. 
It looks like, oh, what? Uh, it looks like you're ordering something that's never been on the menu, and they're going to have to do a lot of work to get it done. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I really sound- don't. I don't get it though, honestly. Like, it, I, I guess you really enjoy the taste of coffee, and so you don't want to get the jitters. Period. I mean, that's all it is to it. Yeah, I don't like getting the jitters. It, too much coffee on like an empty stomach really gets me. But seriously, I mean, why, like, why not something else then? Why coffee? Because I like the taste of coffee, and they okay. make decaf coffee. Okay, I like coffee, and they make they surprisingly enough. Follow me here. They make coffee that I can drink. (laughs) Seriously, two days ago, I know this sounds horrible, but two days ago, there was a 400-pound woman that (laughs) stared at me like I was a moron when I asked for decaf coffee after she ordered... After she ordered a Diet Coke, not a regular Coke, a Diet Coke, two Whoppers, two fries, and a side salad. No, but I'm the, I'm the fool. I'm the fool that ordered a decaf coffee. I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? That is funny. The only I tell you where you get the real judgment is if you try to use a wick check at the grocery store to get baby formula. Oh Lord! I don't know if you do that. Yeah. If other people yes, qualify for Wick, where you get cheese or milk or baby formula, uh, but we qualify at the time when Bridget's not working for seven months yeah. of no pay. We qualify for that, and I'm very, very happy to take whatever I can get from the government, given what I pay in. So, it just, lest anybody want to judge there, I'd do it a thousand times. I'd take everything I could get from the government and not feel bad about it from what I pay in on the other side. But if you go to put a WIC check on at the uh, grocery store, they immediately look at you like, oh, gosh, poor person alert. And then they call the manager, and they all act like it's confusing, like it's never been done before. <laughs> and they have to ask, <laughs> her, like, how do you do it? And everybody's standing around, and you're just standing there, and you can, all you can do is hang your head. I think that's why Bridget makes me go, because she doesn't want the shame of having to, to take the wick check to the grocery store where we shop at every day. And then they finally found out we're poor. That's <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got one more. And uh, Joey, I, I feel bad about this one, because last week we had a pastor that came on who's gay-affirming, kind of put you in a situation about no, trying I didn't to figure that like out that. and be honest. And now I'm going to directly talk badly about the church you work at. It's <laughs> all right. It's all right. Sorry, I apologize already. Now, I want to clarify this. I love this church. I worked there for three years. I'm wearing a Seacoast church. Uh, all right, shirt. I want you to stop right there. What do you mean by you love this church? That just seems like one of those things you say what, to kind of like what, clear what your name. Church? What is the church? It's the people of CK. Okay, I love those people. I love right. those people. You okay, no, I think that's a great I, clarification. I, I, I think I love those people. Uh, obviously, I have differences of opinion with how things are run, but as far as people go, I think they're pretty top-notch. I, I do like them, and I think their heart is true, and I think they are trying to do good, but I don't understand certain things. And this is the reason why I'm calling out Seacoast this week is because I work there, and I f- still follow them on Facebook, and I got this post, and it's about their Seacoast School of Worship. Now, a lot of these mega churches now have uh, schools of worship. Like, I saw Elevation has one. A lot of them, they're teaching the young people how to l- learn about music, their instrument, their voice, their stage presence, writing songs. I mean, it's a great idea, right? But I just couldn't believe. So I tapped on the song, and I could not believe what I was hearing. Now, I could totally talk about the song and what it is and it, whether I like it or not. I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to go in right on the lyrics. And if y'all don't mind, I'm going to play it for you and see if you can tell why would I think that uh, millennial, middle-class white people, what, what could possibly be wrong with this first lyric you hear here in a second? Okay, hold on. Let me get to it. Sorry. All right, here we go. We got some nice piano. 
This keyboard that, that, that you hear, they, there's a video. It, it, keyboard's probably $3,000, $4,000. <laughs> Unbelievable camera, lighting, beautiful voice here. What's the, what should you sing about? Let's sing about Jesus or fear surrounds, me. Fear surrounds her. <laughs> doubts come creeping in. Okay, so the first thing she says is fear surround her. Doubts come creeping in, even though they are in a, a probably a multi-million dollar facility with unbelievable instruments, riches beyond belief. It's kind of shocking to me. So I'm like, wait a minute. You're, you're teaching these people to sing sadly. Let me play a little bit more here. Here we go. All right, listen to this lyric. This is about 40, 50 seconds in. This one destroyed me. Holding on to pain unseen. Hold, what does that even mean? What What are you talking about? That's what a funny. In the world is that's going basically on? like you writing down on your lyric sheet. Uh, I have several unspoken's. That could have been the, the same line. <laughs> right. right. Holding that, on to pain I'm, unseen. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. Holding yeah. on to pain unseen, and then the song it goes on to talk about let go, uh, let me move, like let God move. But so, does anybody else uh, see if y'all follow me here? This song, they're teaching our youth and the millennials and all the young people coming up, hey, you got to really focus on you and your bad shit and the bad pain you're going on. Vaguely. Because it, yeah, yeah, vaguely. And what is it? I mean, it doesn't even mean anything. And it's totally negating that it's not that bad. I mean, we live in America, so it's the richest country in the history of the world, the safest country probably in the history of the world. They are wealthy. They're playing unbelievable, expensive instruments. They have beautiful voices, great clothes. I mean, every possible thing is good. And from all of that, you write how bad it is? That's yeah. what happens? I mean, that makes no sense. Give me a crack at this. So first of all, the thing that's bothersome about it is it's 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 kind of poor from an artistic standpoint in that how can you get away with being that vague? I mean, that's just silly. Like, Right. That, that's all, all that is so vague that you're not saying anything we all know it. And secondly, it's inauthentic. And you could criticize other people of this too. But it's inauthentic as in that person is not a sad mope all day, every day, and then that's what their expression is. They're coached into or just simply know it's the viable thing to do to put on that act when you do your music. They're just goof, goofing right. off doing Christian massages and push-up contests and playing <laughs> games backstage right before they come on, and then they come out and put on that half-sad face and sing about pain unseen. That's the same people. Right. These are, yeah. you know, just worship team people. I'm not calling them dorks or anything. I'm just saying they're, they're playing silly games and laughing and happy people. And then it's time to sing about pain unseen. Yeah, it just it's really a little lets bit me of down because in a way and, that feels. And funny. here's the other thing I like to say. Here's why it's frustrating. These are good musicians. These, I mean, James that's in the video. I've worked with him as, as phenomenal keyboardist, uh, guitar player, even sing. I mean, these people, the voice, the girl, the singing is awesome, and they can write lyrics and melodies. So the thing I don't understand is, isn't that a sign that maybe the church is kind of letting them down? Hell, hold on. How bad is it? Let's think about how good God is maybe for a change or something. And I know they probably do this, and I'm generalizing here. The last this, song, the, song the, the end of the last song on yeah. Sunday is about how good God is. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, do we, do we, is, our, is our goal to keep people where they're at? Like, hey, man, I know, Partly, yeah. man, li life is so bad. So you got, you know, let's just sing this song. Let's just, we got to sing about being in the valley because it's so bad. It's not. It's not so bad. This is unbelievable time of life we live in. Like, we live in such a crazy time that our biggest fear is if technology will 
kill us. <laughs> Our technology is so amazing that that's like a huge fear. I mean, like, we, it's so amazing and wonderful right now. And I don't understand why Christian music is always singing about how bad and tough and pain unseen and fear is surrounding. Like, wait a minute, let's teach our young people it's good. Yeah, L- let's celebrate Jesus. It, right? It seems I mean, like Jesus you're guiding people stuff. into self, you know, self focused introspection. You know, just to have control of them a little bit more, or or have them and, dependent on something. It feels that way a little bit. Right. And the ultimate thing here to me that bothers me the most is the whole song's about how bad you have it. But God, what God, what does God do? He just makes your life better if you trust him. Not, not like God is good and we need to go out and serve. Not God is amazing and wonderful and gave me this life and I need to forget myself no matter what I'm in, what, what state of life I'm in or oppression or badness. Obviously, there are bad things that go on in the world and we need those times. But I feel like every song is, you're right, very vague, a little cliche and doesn't actually hit anything real. Well, but then you know I mean? it, it allows just, everybody to, to relate to it. If you like some of those people, I mean, if you try to get specific, let's talk about it. What is it, what is it that they must mean when they say pain unseen? Like, I guess that could cover everybody. Therefore, at least it's accessible. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe that's the why they do it. But then it seems like to me, it really loses the meaning of what you're trying to do. Like, I mean, what? I mean, let's let's get real here. Let, and that's what I'm saying. Let's get real and write songs as well, at least about how good God is and the and nothing about you. Like it, all these songs are just about you. I, I don't know, Joey. You've been making a pouty face over there. It looks like you're really upset and kind of. Sad. Oh no, I didn't mean that at all. Sorry. I mean, I, this is one of those. This is one of those things to where I think I can say that I it's somewhat of a paradox, but I totally agree with what you're saying and I disagree. I think, and and the reason why I can say that is you're making really good points, but then some of the things that you're saying to back up your points are bad insinuations. Like you're insinuating that first first world people can't have legitimate pain. That's crazy talk. No, so, no, no, of course they have pain. I said that. Yeah. Uh, okay, of course but, 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 everybody but, can have pain, but every but, all the songs, like the first song you would write. You just played one song. You played one song just now. So why but, are you I mean, saying all the, songs? That's the one they showcased. So, so if, they, yeah, if we they showcase this, one song. I mean, uh, what, okay. what if they showcase the happy song? Everybody be like, whoa, wait a second. You're too happy. You got to play some sad songs. I mean, and, and, and here's one thing you're overlooking too is a huge theme of Jesus's ministry which is the gospel that we teach. He's like, in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Come to me, all you who are oh, weary and, and need rest. I mean, it's just like that. that is, that's a huge theme of you are human, you experience pain, you need me. So it's not like this crazy thing that worship songs are geared towards that. Now, here's where I'll totally agree with you is- Can I say something man, before you change? Hey, can I sure, say something sure, before you change? Sure, do you like this song? And this is this help you through your your pain? Uh, I don't it, think I've ever describe, heard the song. Does this does it describe? Well, you heard some of the lyrics. Does that describe your pain and the? Because t- well, I know you've gone through bad stuff. Does that does that reach you and get you where your pain is? Is that well, how you is that how you would worship God and get through your pain? Not it, necessarily, but I, I'm a different person with a different personality. There's a lot of people that resonate with that sort of thing, though. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Also, like First Chronicles sixteen twenty three, Doctor Bible verse says, "Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim His salvation day after day." That means ev- day after day, sing good stuff about God. Yeah, so, but but here's what I'm saying though, Toby, is a lot of the declare points you're His making, glory among the nations. A lot of the points you're making though 
is that first world riches fixes everything. Oh, you'll, what no, do you have yes. so bad? We've got technology yeah, yeah. and you're playing a $3,000 right. piano. Money yeah. solves everything? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. no that, you're, you're totally missing the point there. That's my point. I, I, I'm just saying no, your no, point. Me, no, no, no. That isn't my point. You totally missed that. that what I'm saying is you don't have anything to complain about because it is so rich and wealthy or... The problem is you're too rich and wealthy, and you're looking for something bad. Like well, you're so, you have so much abundance and so much time on your hands, and so many cell phones and all this stuff that you're just like, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Are, is the church so rich that what about you can the do all person, this stuff that you go, well, we got to, you got to, uh, we still got to have problems. What about the I person mean, uh, that that doesn't make any sense? What about the person with two cell phones and an awesome guitar and making a bunch of money working for a church, and yet the dad committed suicide, his parents sure. divorced ten years yes. before that, and he has a chemical imbalance, struggling with depression. So yes. here's where here's where I agree with you. How many, how Man, many songs, here, how many songs in the set list do you well, need? You're not letting though? me finish. Here's how where many songs I, in the set list do you? Need? I agree. That's what I'm about to say. Is there's got to be times where we tell people, hey, let's not forget how great. We have it. Like you have a refrigerator that you can put food in there that you're not going to eat right now. That is really good news. So that's that's what I'm saying. Is I don't think we disagree like on on the whole level. I'm just saying you're, what you're saying is only part of the argument, and it's very incomplete. No, I, yeah, I guess I disagree because I don't think it is. Like this is a showcase song that a church that I like, so God forbid it was a church I didn't like or didn't support, but I'm just saying, the song they showcased is about how bad life is, and the answer is, trust God, and he'll fix your life. <laughs> so that, that's, that shouldn't be true. That, or that maybe... God or, or, God's, it's God a genie? And, or maybe... And, and, and then you push back because you say, there are people with problems. Of course. This, but the music doesn't even help them. It's some vague thing that just says, hey, you know what? God will make it better. See ya. Could could this song be pointing more towards trusting in God and receiving peace because that helps? Sure, I, and, I have to and have one, that. Once again, it's not that this song is even so terrible or bad. I'm telling you, these are phenomenal musicians with amazing voices, amazing playing. But it's heresy, folks. Listen stuff. to Toby. He said all those people are amazing no, musicians, but they're heretics. My, so my you point heard is them. proven when no matter what, you wouldn't listen to this song to get through your pain, <laughs> and, and you wouldn't recommend. That doesn't it to, mean for, shit. Would you, okay, that would means you recommend nothing. all the, the guy that on the chemical dependency that his dad committed suicide? The the uh, the example you gave. You're going to suggest this type of song? I'm not going to suggest him to listen to any song. That's my point. When when someone comes to me and and says, man, I'm struggling with depression, I'm not going to say, hey, here's a few songs that I'm going to let you listen (laughs) to. But guess what you would say? Hey, come to our church, and this is is what they'll play. No, I come to our church. You need need God, and you need, here's how I'm glad you know. I'm glad you know how I would handle someone that's struggling with depression. Come to our church. That's going to Joey solve spends about uh, thir- 30 minutes out of a 45-minute counseling session just playing songs on the jam box. He goes, hey, oh, yeah? Play. <laughs> now, I, here, here's, here's the, the main thing of all this is the things that Toby's saying need to be listened to and really processed and really accounted for with worship music. I mean, I'm 100% with you. It is very unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think some of the things that you're saying to prove your point are a little bit overboard, but that's just me. Who am I to say? I mean, I'm just I'm just a very successful pastor. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's a counseling. This is, yeah, it's a counseling session, and you, you say, "Tell me about how your mom abandoned you, and you're addicted to, to porn." And they, they, t- they, they then they talk for ten minutes. Follow up question: 
Have you heard of audio <laughs> adrenaline? <laughs> you can't do that. That's my point. You're right. You can't even do that. Everybody knows that music has healing properties, that it makes you feel better, that you can relate, that you can feel things. And I'm just, all I'm saying is, with this much talent and this much money, wouldn't, uh, and obviously I'm generalizing, and we're only talking about one song. I'm certain they have songs that proclaim the glory of God. I'm certain that there are songs that are joyful and all good. I totally agree. But I would say a lot of the stuff, a lot of the songs that get popular, and the reason why they do is because it talks about you and how bad you have it, and you get to be, woe is me, because my life's tough and bad. And that's all I'm saying. I think we I agree. can really change that and talk about the glory of God more. I just do. I agree. Right on. Okay, With let's uh, let's say thank you to a couple of our sponsors here, and I will get Bradley Hathaway, a very long-requested Obvious guest for this show that we run into but not really spend any time around is going to be on in just a few minutes. So I'll get him dialed up if you take care of telling our sponsors. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, you know, one of the toughest things is to know if you've made a good hire or not. Like, it, there's so many people that you could hire in this world for your job, but if you hire the wrong one, it ends up bad, bad, bad. And I have been there. Our companies have been there. It's not fun. So here's what I want to say. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? And just like I said, it's hard. And if you don't have some way of figuring out who's the best – you're probably most likely not going to hire the best. So with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different unlike other job sites. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. So right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one with all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. That's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Let me say that again. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. All right. We're going to give you a little quiz. Uh, what is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country? A, Blue Apron. B, you already know it's Blue Apron. Another question, What? whose mission is it to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone? That's Blue Apron. Who achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standard for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs? Blue Apron. Blue Apron, it's it's... Just unbelievable food, right to your door, fresh ingredients, but it, it even impacts the community. And here's how Blue Aprons established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. As a result, there are so many good things that happen. Here's just one of them. Beef, chicken, and pork come to you from responsibly raised animals. Um, because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, they're reducing food waste. I mean, this is a very responsible company that sends meals to your door. And here's some of those meals. Spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice. Peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet, mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. I mean, this is... 
making me hungry right now. And you can adapt uh, a lot. You could you can adapt it according to your diets. If you you know are vegetarian or if you want to eat more meat, uh, you can you know do all that sort of thing. If you go on a vacation, you can hold off on deliveries and and all that sort of thing. So it's affordable. There's a variety, there's flexibility, it's easy, and it's guaranteed. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. I mean, basically, we are saying go to blueapron.com slash badchristian for three free meals. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, let's pull Bradley up here. I believe this should work. I tested his Skype a few minutes ago. He's coming up. Coming up. Almost While he's coming up, Joey, I appreciate our discourse. I thought you made some good points, so thank you. Oh, thanks, man. That was good. Bradley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, you for having can me. Can you hear us okay? I, I, I can. All right. Very good. Really appreciate the excitement, too. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a white, can you tone it down just a little bit? It's kind of blowing our minds right now. Well, between, between the poop talk, Tom Brady, and then no one being allowed to say they're sad, I don't know where this is going to go, you know? So, I know. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Hey, hey, there's some behind-the-scenes interaction between me and Bradley that Toby and Matt would would be very upset about because they always rag on me about not being professional. But Bradley and I are going back and forth trying to set this up, and then I just randomly say, oh, sounds good, you piece of shit, son of a bitch, or something like that. No, I think <laughs> you said, like, calm down, you little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you take me serious? Were you just like, gosh, that was actually a little harsh. Why did he say that? Or do you know I was joking? Well, I don't, I'm not terribly familiar with you guys and your humor as well as some people so i thought man he's he thinks he's being funny but i don't really see how this is funny <laughs> then i just kind of assumed you were uh talking to someone else but when you told me who it was geared to that's when i thought it was really <laughs> that bradley that's most people's interaction with joey that's Cruz true i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna argue <laughs> well it, it's crazy because a lot of times we'll put a survey out there to our listeners saying hey who do you guys want to you know, want us to have on there for an interview, your name always comes up. But what's crazy about your name is a lot of people initiate that conversation by saying, why in the world have you not had this guy on? So I thought it'd be interesting to ask you why you think that is. Like, tell people what you're doing, what's your life entail right now to make people present this as a no-brainer to have you on our podcast and it may be a hard question because you may know nothing about our podcast but what are you doing well i think most people think you guys are pushing the envelope you're having discussions about christianity or the church that a lot of people aren't having and poop and poop um i've I've veered away from poop thus far um, (laughs) but um so i think when people think about me and you especially with this new record flesh eater i had people just saying if why is Bradley not on this podcast? This is the most fitting place for this record to be discussed. But um, so traditionally, I guess just the honesty that I bring with with the songs and the poems, and now with Slash Eater, it's kind of a I would guess it's putting putting some of you guys' ideas into action, if you will. All right, so like the Christian's supposed to be able to be honest in his art and do things in his art and talk about certain topics in his art, then 
I kind of went balls to the wall with that, so it just makes sense that you guys would apply that to a real-life record. How'd you go balls to the walls? Yeah, I was going to say, you've always been kind of edgy, I, I would think. I think you always kind of pushed limits a little bit, but this one seems like, what was the catalyst that got you were like, I am going to go all the way? Yeah, well, you guys just said in the post that I was a sweet poet who now is talking about sex. I thought that was... <laughs> I like the word sweet. Um, when I said balls to the wall, I just meant there's no, there's no, there, there wasn't a filter, but there's never been a filter. I've never said I'm not going to say this for fear of this, or I'm not going to do that. This was just the topic that was at hand. We're, we're a culture that talks a lot about sex, thinks a lot about sex. Um, so it just made sense that I, as a Southern American man, would think about sex and then talk about sex. So. Did, did, are you getting any pushback? Like people think you're just trying to do this to sell records or anything? Like, like you're just trying to be like a, a shock jock DJ or something? Yeah, they say it, all that, which which is what record like this has ever been made, first of all. Secondly, what record like this? <laughs> no one in my circle said, this is going to sell, bro. Right, you're right. right. Yeah. You're, you're about to cash in. You know, that that's just stupid talk. That's an erroneous idea that people have about Christian stuff that is like, if you sell out, then you get big. And by sell out, they mean don't tow a certain line of conservatism or moralism, moral whatever. If you will abandon that and be more open and say that, then you will be huge. Then that's just obviously not true. I mean, it's not, that, that doesn't exist. It's the quite the yeah. opposite. The opposite pressure exists, and that's what's so irritating is people to understand that by towing the party line or whatever the moralistic line is, that is is selling out. That's not weakening or whatever. That's that's being weak to do what you know everybody else is doing, stay in the lane. That is the selling out thing to do. If you want to be successful in Christian business, it is cater to the base exactly. You don't benefit by stepping outside of that. You don't benefit by that. And and no. almost every example backs that up, but people still cast that accusation that, oh, yeah, now you, you've done some edgy stuff, and that's going to help you something but it doesn't seem to yeah yeah if you want if you wanted to do that i was thinking you could just like throw shade at levi the poet and like start an internet war yeah and then maybe you know what i mean that like rappers do and stuff like that like you could probably get some real beef going and that would be a way to <laughs> drum up some business but i found super unorthodox which I, I love things that are unorthodox but what i was telling matt and toby too is when i was watching those videos i was like i actually have to be careful looking at a Christian artist video because I am sexually driven enough to be aroused by watching a video. And it's like with with most Christian entertainment, obviously they're going to do any and everything they can to avoid those sorts of things, which I'm not even sure if I disagree with. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that that you are presenting sex in a way that it's just it's kind of i mean it's not por it's not pornographic by any means it's not full nudity or anything like that but it's definitely intense enough to where you can look at it and be like oh wow i, I like that and you gotta maybe maybe you maybe you're presenting christian art where christian men have to bounce their eyes <laughs> that's an interesting subject there that brings up a couple questions in in, in my mind and which is do you have a responsibility to make sure that nothing a Christian puts out can be provocative or could be taken that way? And, you know, who knows what causes one person? I mean, it's obviously suggestive, but I wonder where the responsibility there it really lies. What, what are you, what is not 
okay for a Christian to do. I mean, heck, I mean, we put this video out, and I guarantee you, there's a lot of women just wildly sex- sexually attracted to me right now on this video. Maybe I should feel bad oh, about yeah. that. You know what I mean? For like, sure. look at Toby. You know how many women are I lusting know. right now? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I struggle with that every day. <laughs> did, did, you, did that all cross your mind, Bradley? Like, you're going to make people stumble? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I, so to answer Matt's question, responsibility of feeling bad about that, or no, I don't, I don't feel any of that stuff. So um, I think as a Christian or as an artist, I don't, I don't really even kind of include Christian artists. I know that's, yeah. that's a whole baggage. I know it, it makes sure, everything sure. simple and for our conversation and our purposes, but I don't think of myself as a Christian artist, right? I Fair think enough. of myself as a dude amongst 9 billion people who has very varying desires, uh, varying motivations, intentions, etc. So the, the Christian part of being an artist, that's just an extra baggage that kind of puts the, the label on you of being able to do certain things. So now when I made Good Friday, the short film, I knew certain people would be titillated was the word I would be using, Joey. I would be like, hmm, this is titillating, right? So yeah. and it's not for you. Don't watch it. Done. But for other people, it's for them. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Right, yes. so even even uh, Green Bay Toby's uh, Toby talking about the song being like just dumb and who can get anything out of this. Well, that's that's just such a very narrow narrow view, which I understand your broader point of let's 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 make something better. Right, I think ultimately you're kind of just saying this art sucks. That's 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 a safer judgment than this isn't for anyone. Yeah, well, I would say it's, it's safe art. It's it's not g- pushing boundaries like your like like the record you just put out. You could have done way safer and more and there, and a broader Christian audience might like it. But why be so vague or not? I mean, like you you talk about a blowjob in your song. You could have said sexual immorality or you know you know what I mean. You could have said something whatever. That's well, how about point. this point about that? So blowjob blow, it gets way worse than a blowjob, by the way. But sure, you have a song honest. called "He Fucks" or "He Fucked." <laughs> what if he fucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So, but but the point there would be, I like what what you're saying there, Bradley, and that's Toby. A, a valid criticism of it is, I am calling bullshit on this art. It is bad. But on the other hand, who are you to say what they ought to do instead? Right, Bradley? Is that's, that's what good, you're saying? Yeah. It's like, well, I think that's a fair I, point. But I, I'll stand by the fact that it sucks. And but what, who who need? It's not as if we need to get a certain thing right because there's a certain type of Christian art that must exist and it's a vehicle to something else. That's what feels bullshit about it. Is it's just whatever you're supposed to be expressing, and it could be good or bad, and that's all you can leave it as. Say it's good or bad, or you like it or you don't. But we have right. this notion that Christian art, and that's what makes it weird. Is if you're a Christian artist, somehow that presupposes that it's for everybody and that there should be some tertiary benefit to the art you created and it's simply a vehicle to cause something instead of art in and of itself that starts and ends there for whoever likes it. And not just for everybody, but it also has to have every, it has to have the entire gospel in every single song, right? God created man, man fell, Jesus came, Jesus died, and again. So it's even more specific than that. Um, But I do think back to to the discussion with Toby, you can make a judgment, right? You can't say this is good, this is bad. Now, the question of what is art, there's literally thousands of books and degrees based on that. But we can't, we, 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 we should be allowed to go, this is a good song. Look at the way you use the AMI or whatever song. So it's okay to do that from there. Um, you gotta kind of move on. I don't know, I lost it. It's okay to say something sucks, is all. It's okay for people to think my record sucks. It's okay for people to think my record's wrong. There's nine billion of us in the world. This happens. 
Well, well, I think for me, what I want to do is like that. That that is the the greater point I'm making. Even by uh, obviously, I'm just you know a little bit pushing pushing it here. But like, I think why do we? Uh, of course, there should be songs about pain, and I, I've written a million of them. And poor, of course, there should be songs about uh, things that you go through that aren't good. I get that, but I feel like we are sometimes, especially within the church, teaching the young people that that's what we need to sing about because that's what everybody relates to the most. When I'm I'm saying, I feel like that's a, a, a some kind of it, it's like it's some kind of like really arrogant, like hubris, like just uh, it, it bothers me that you would go, "Hey, we know about pain, and now we're going to fix it," and in a and wrap it up in a song that's like, "Oh, but God will make it everything better." That almost never works. I mean, God can do whatever he wants, but I, I think when you say, there's all this bad stuff, God will fix it, like, then that becomes, our God becomes <laughs> about you and your life. And the people I love are, that song. Uh, that, that, that's and, a great one. God will fix and, it. And what I'm saying is, like, those, those people that wrote that song are very talented, maybe more talented than any of us talking right now. They can play their instruments amazing. They can sing better than me. I've sold hundreds of thousands of records. These people might sing better than me. I want to give young people the opportunity to realize, wait a minute, let me actually see my situation and what is the pain. Like, what am I actually thinking about? That's what I'm saying. Like, like this record that you wrote, I feel like you were saying, I'm really thinking about this. This is a real subject and I'm going to write about it and not be vague. And so, yeah, that's risky and that's not safe, but that's what I'm saying. I want Christian music to not be safe, to, to, to branch out a little bit and be a little dangerous. And I, I like the point you made. Maybe it isn't for everybody. And so you can make that point. Maybe those, that song wasn't for me and for somebody else. And that's very valid. That song might really reach somebody that's in a real bad situation, of course. And the same way you got to protect the children and you got, I mean, all the, there's always a, you got to do this, but it, yeah. all of us value when somebody doesn't play it safe. Why yeah, of is course. That? Why of do we, course, why do we course. always value that? Well, it's compartmentalized is the way we like to look at it. We need to yeah. compart. Christians love to compartmentalize things and say, like, for instance, the visuals that are in your Good Friday shorts are nothing different than you see on TV commercials. Absolutely right. no, they're not worse than some of those crazy Carl's Juniors commercials that come on at, uh, during NASCAR races. Some of my favorites. Some of my favorite. They make a, a mean <laughs> monster burger. I but love, oh god, curly fries. You know, big boobs and yeah. a bikini. It all goes together. It's obvious, but uh, right. but it's but that doesn't bother anybody except for the fact that you also have the guy thinking about Jesus and have Jesus in there and you and it's called Good Friday and that it makes them uncomfortable on a base level that uh oh I can't compartmentalize looking at this hot chick because he's talking about there's God in the same damn frame on the same shit now yeah. I, now I have to be both of these people at the same time the guy that goes to church and the guy that that navigates sexuality at least. Right. So, and it makes them very uncomfortable to do both. And that's why this podcast irritates people because it's like, wait a minute. If you say Christian, you've got to be at least talking about the Bible more often and you can't say those bad words, but it, separately you can. Like if, if you found out that your favorite HBO show creators are Christian, you go, ah, awesome. As long as he keeps <laughs> it out of the show. Right. <laughs> you know. It seems like you're still a Christian. And what are your views on? And you're not married, so what are what are your are you having sex? Do you want to have sex? Is it is it a part of your daily uh, life as a human? <laughs> is it a part of my daily life as a human? <laughs> um, well, sorry, I'm getting it set up. To be blunt, I kind of don't want to answer that. Um, part of the reason is I'm not really interested in knowing the biography, or I don't think the biography of 
the artist is as important as the 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 work itself. So literally when I dropped Flesh Eater, I was kind of like, I'm not gonna really talk about this. I'm not going to tell people I'm not gonna tell people how much sex I am or am not having because they're gonna try to just put their own mm -hmm. thing into the record that isn't there. It so, does appear a bit like a bi a possibly you would think for a lot of artists right. though it would be biographical yep. like you have a sex addiction thing and this is you, you with your guilt and thinking about Jesus but being caught in sexual stuff because I mean and I think a lot of people have been there so even if so it would could possibly be a caricaturized version of it or a hyper version of it but I mean we've all been I imagine in those situations when you're going too far or hooking up with a girl or doing something and you're, th I mean, you can't help with our upbringings to be thinking about God and Jesus the whole time. Right. And I think that's what's powerful and resonates with people, whether biographical or not, is as soon as you get into that mode and you're, you're doing stuff that you've been trained at least to feel guilty about, or maybe that you even believe is wrong, try and keep in, uh, Jesus out of, out of your brain at that time. So I think that's what's powerful about the, the short film and, and, and all that. Right, and it doesn't. It, it just doesn't matter if I'm having sex or not. But I will say this: there's there is sexual energy, right? So we have. I think someone told me once that uh, they read an interview by Mute Math, the drummer, and he said the reason he plays drums the way he does and plays them as hard as he does is because he grew up not being able to have sex. And his answer to playing, his answer to not having sex was to beat the drums as hard as he could and to develop the style that he had. So. There, the sexual energy one way or the other is going to come out. It's either going to come out with you beating off or having sex or writing about it. Like it's, it's such a part of us and our sexuality hmm. is such a, uh, we can't really separate it. So in terms of the compartmentalization that Matt was talking about, we try to say my sexual feelings go over here, my Jesus feelings go over here, right. my Donald Trump feelings go over here. And I think it's just an unhealthy, it's an unhealthy view of, of who we are as people, as human beings. It's an, um, uh, we have a major identity crisis. We can't just go for a jog. We have to put 13.1 on the back of our truck, right? We can't just eat certain foods. We have to tell everyone, I'm a vegetarian. We can't just vote in the political process. We have to say, you voted for this guy, so you're no longer my friend. I mean, we're not bringing our whole selves together. So... So Flesh Eater is just a reflection of that. It's just using sex to do it. It's just saying, mm -hmm. this dude's all jumbled up. He's one jambalaya pie or whatever. Yes. Now, do you, now, now I, I get the rationale as far as disclosing your uh, sexual activity, but are, uh, along those same lines, are you hesitant to talk about where you stand with sorts of sexuality as, as far as, like, Let's say you're. If you go to church, you're going to a church, and the pastor there is single, and you find out he's having sex with a bunch of ladies at the church. Do you think to yourself, "Oh, sexual energy"? I mean, or or do you stand on a more conservative side of? Gotcha. Yeah. So, what base? Where, where do I view sex? The sexual intercourse act in marriage or outside of marriage, right? So, I think. Uh, I mean, ideally, I think it's within marriage. I think ideally the safest place, the best place, the most humane place for the, the babies that will likely be developed. All of that makes sense in the confines of a marriage, sure. Yeah. I would say that makes the most sense. But if I, if my, uh, when my papa was 75 years old living at the nursing home, like, I, is, are we really going to be like 
Papa, you really shouldn't be having sex with that girl next door. <laughs> <laughs> Was your papa getting around? <laughs> yeah, he might have been. Um, Th- thanks so, for declining like, to talk about your own sexuality and involving your grandfather's sexual choices in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, so a 16-year-old having sex is a lot different than a 41-year-old man having sex, right? So we, yeah. we can't say it's the same. I really don't think we can say... Here's the law. Here's how it is for all time. There's, there's just, there's a lot of different circumstances, a lot of different ages where you're. I mean, I never really French kissed a woman. I, I French kissed a girl when I was 14 behind a paintball fort at my friend's uh, birthday party, and uh, I didn't French kiss another girl until I was about 20, 21 or so. So, so for me, when I French kissed a woman when I wasn't 14, when it was just teeth clinking, but when it was an actual cool thing i was like man there's no way i don't think i'm even ready for this and i'm 20 years old how the heck were all these kids at school fingering in the bushes or whatever they were doing when i'm when i'm just now frenching being like this is the best thing i've ever experienced so 20 year old bradley had a different relationship with sex than 35 year old bradley does and that makes sense it changes so you you think uh in this culture especially in the church is this a little bit uh you pushing back because how repressed we are like the, the other thing is we don't we can't even really actually talk about it in a free way like you know what i mean like uh, like if a girl we, we've talked about this on other podcasts a girl's sexuality a lot of times especially within christianity is really dulled down don't talk about it or you might be considered a slut don't you know it's it's only in the context of marriage where a female is, is, is allowed to actually talk about sex maybe and then at that point sometimes it's too late is that a little bit of you push back for that i think anyone who grew up in an evangelical christian environment is pushing back everything all the time so yeah, it's so yeah, much worse I'm pushing for women. Back, Can you imagine? Like, imagine if Bradley was a woman and had made this film. She'd be oh god. Wait, I mean, it would not be the same. Like, it's bad enough what you've done, Bradley. Yeah. It's horrible in what you've already done. That what the well, sin you've led into. But I know. But if you were the art, if the artist was a woman filmmaker or thing, and she was uh, just talking about you, sex, yeah. she would be. She would be so, and it's and I'm relating that to what you said about everybody being repressed. That's repre- That is the fact that we I can't handle the fact that my daughter could have those feelings or thoughts. I wouldn't want my wife. What if my wife? You know, I can't. It's going to tempt me. Now I'm going to start thinking about this young girl that's not my wife because she. Whatever it is, I mean, it's it's your own fear that you're repressing, and that's why you outwardly judge or scorn the other people discussing it or talking about it or 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 owning it or being vulnerable with it. Which is, I right. think, partly why people are super upset about gay people. It's just, it's just too scary. It grosses them out. If they could see it, if it didn't have that visceral part of making them scared, it would not. It wouldn't be as bad as it is. I think there's definitely that component to it. There's the just absolute scare about what it might do to you if you allow right. it in your brain. Or and Toby, you. in 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 terms of reaction, I don't. I've been more involved with the evangelical Christian community in the last month since this record came out than I have in the last four years, five years, six years, seven years. So I don't, I'm not consciously reacting against anyone or anything. Like I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not, I'm not in that world anymore. Like a lot of the questions you guys are asking and talking about and have this huge platform to discuss are things that I've. The ship sailed. It's behind me. I'm not even worried about it. Like I'm not. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So, um, there's a little biography for you, but so uh, there's, but you can't help, but how we grow up in our culture is, is no art is made in isolation. 
right? So the more importantly, you don't to not judge flesh eater in the in my life, right? So let's not think about it in my life, but put it in the context of our culture. That's way more um, interesting, um, scholarly, uh, beneficial to kind of say where does this record place amongst other records of the time, as opposed to Bradley had sex with a lot of women. And he made this record. You see, it doesn't do anything. There's no depth to it. In 15 years, people won't go back and say, Bradley had sex with a lot of women. Hopefully, they'll be like, man, this record really spoke to this generation or uh, this group of repressed sexual Christians or whatever. Those, so I'm more interested in that kind of stuff than I am. Is my pastor having sex with women? Of course your pastor is at least beaten off looking at porn. Okay, so we know that much. And maybe he's having sex with women. But I, start, I stopped believing in... Um, the goodness of man. So I listened to your podcast last week and Toby or one of you guys uh, didn't like the idea of leadership having more responsibility than the average layperson. And um, you were like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't want that. To me, I lost, I lost faith in the pastor doing this or that when I learned, I guess I was 19 or 20 that Martin Luther King had mistresses. Mm -hmm. So when I started looking at all of the giants of the Christianity or these, these movers and shakers who changed culture, when I learned that they were, they were in the motel getting it on, I was like, well, what's, there is no pedestal, right? So Christians right. love to quote the Psalms. Right. Well, it was written by a dude who had someone murdered. They were written by a dude who was permitted, you know, so it's that, yeah. that whole idea does that is kind uh, of, in, in your view, does that diminish Martin Luther King? Or you just go, oh, so don't worry about it. He did that, but no. he also did these things, so who cares, right? Or no, wh wh no, what's the point? No. no, in no way does it diminish. What it, right. what it diminished was my, my faith in some sort of institution, right. my faith in some sort of person. It just brought him down the ladder. It says, dude, you're just me. Now, he is an amazing man who 26 years old is when he got going, right? So, no, in no way, and that's, 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 that's part of the problem, right? When, when um, um, a Bill Cosby show no longer, like, I, I'm not speaking to Bill Cosby doing what he did or did not do. But what we know is he's accused of certain things, and now we can't watch his show. Right. Right? So, um, we know that the Duggars ended up having some sort of whatever thing they had. Their show was canceled. Mm -hmm. yeah. For some reason, Michael Jackson can be as weird as he was, and we still all dance at the party when Beat It comes on. So, I'm not really so sure about that. So, right. So, so, this so idea, let's, let's stay on each one of those, though. Are they? I mean, not take up time with it, but do, do any of those rub you guys, Bradley or Toby or Joey, the right way or wrong way? Martin Luther King, full of some sin, definitely should not be, have been dethroned or stopped from doing anything he did. Definitely all cool with it. What about Bill Cosby, though? Is he is like, yeah, but he's funny, so it's all good. Would that does that hold up the same way Martin Luther well, King does? Well, I think Bradley makes a great point. I, what, what he's saying is uh, that this is my biggest problem with the church in general is that we elevate a man to some type of uh, like demigod status because he's a great preacher or has done some things, and and I would prefer the non-safe, the the little bit dirtier and grittier true version that shows you, wait, this is a dude who in spite of himself sometimes, in spite of having some weaknesses or sins, whatever you want to call those things, still accomplished so much. And, and, and it's, that's, that's the thing. Like uh, when I was watching the Dave Chappelle comedy, it was so amazing when he was talking about uh, Bill Cosby because not only was I dying laughing at this thing that was horrific, he also made, he brought up some good points about the good things that Bill Cosby's done. The Cosby Show, I can't help it. It's one of my top five all-time favorite sitcoms. Is it still it watchable? Is it still on TV? Do people me, still watch it? To me, yes, because it does not have anything to do with the, mm -hmm. his weakness and terrible things that he might have done. We don't know yet, mm -hmm. but it, it, you know, well, all the things that know. he's been accused, all the things he's been accused <laughs> of. Uh, that I can't say that. I mean, I used to love that show, and it meant a lot to me. I used to, or do he was a. You're still I, no, fine with the show. I, you still watch it with your kids if, now and if it all was, that. 
Yes, if it was on Netflix, yeah, we'd watch it as a family. It I does. Really do it, that. it does. Like I don't want it to, but it does impact me. Like I don't. I don't refuse to watch Cosby Show. Like I. I can be like, wow, he was an unbelievable script writer. Just had a genius concept, pulled it off flawlessly. But there is a part of me that's just like, oh, I wanted to believe that. Cliff Huxtable is Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby is Cliff Huxtable. And During the time me, that he was making those nature. shows, he should have been in prison, though. Based on what right. we basically know, like he should never have been able to make those shows because he should have been in jail during those years, it, it, right? Allegedly, if he did those things, allegedly, yes. So, uh, but I, I'm just saying, like, I think it's better to see, like, that. That's my whole point in, in the lead-in before this was, like, this album Flesh Eater, Bradley. I, I like that. It is maybe you aren't saying clearly that it's you or autobiographical or whatever. Maybe there's a little ambiguity there, but I like the idea of it could maybe it could be or it, 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 nobody's going to idolize you. Maybe you're showing some of your faults to show like that makes it seem more like Jesus is powerful, not me and my strength and all the things that I do. But hey, I can reveal how crazy I can be, good, bad, everything, and it still seems like it reflects Jesus and the light of Jesus. That's what I'm saying. So I think what what I don't like is the problem with Bill Cosby is we all elevated him so highly that he could do no wrong. So then he was able to get away with doing wrong, do wrong because man. you thought so highly of him. If way, way early on somebody was going, Bill, you cr- what? Ah. You, you, I don't care how much money you get, whatever, stop it, or like, get help, or go to jet, whatever it might be, it would have benefited him too, just like mm-hmm. our pastors. If we said, hey, wait a minute, you're, you're hiding alcoholism, or you're sleeping with your secretary? Wait a minute, way before all that got out m- years later, if somebody would have stepped in and go, hey, you're just a dude here, and you need to... Be- and that's why I think, like you know, records like this—that's what it seems like. This is a the the this flesh eater record seems like to me, Bradley. I don't know if that's what you're going for too. Is a a guy just saying how it is and and being on whether that's bad or awful or horrific or scary or uncomfortable. At least it's the truth, maybe in a way. Right, and when when you when we talk about Martin Luther King, for example, you kind of just hinted at it, but he did amazing, amazing things. So I don't want to negate all of the amazing, amazing, amazing things right. he did just because he was also yeah. unfaithful to his wife. So in spite of his nature, he, was, he still changed the world. He literally changed the United States of America and is still literally continually changing the United States of America. But what is that? how does his wife feel? Right? right? Like, I mean, what about his wife where she would answer phone calls from the mistresses calling him, right? So again, my whole point is... Uh, Man versus nature, right? So William Faulkner is one of my favorite writers. He says what he's most concerned with is writing man versus nature. We have this nature, right? So last week on the podcast I listened to, one of you said you want to have sex with all of these women. Um, but, <laughs> that but was, you that don't. was Pastor Joey Spencer. Yeah, but you don't. You have a wife, right? So the, the human story, and I'm not trying to make this a humanist, enlightenist, atheistic type of view, but like... The great part of the story is that Joey has all of these desires, but he's not doing them. Oh, it was actually Toby, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or how about he did do some of those things, but he still is a good man or a great man. There's a, there's a stand-up comedian my buddy got me turned on to. What's his name? Uh, he's, not, he's got a bald head. He's like, Oh, Sinbad. <laughs> I can't remember, but this guy, he went, he, he talked to, I think it's Bill Burr. Is that a comedian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he oh, talked Bill about Burr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said, look at all the things Arnold Schwarzenegger did. He said he came to another country and learned a language that he didn't speak. 
He became a, uh, a world champion bodybuilder. He became, um, he married royalty, right? So he came from this other country, couldn't speak the language, married the Kennedys, a Kennedy. Then he became a governor of this state, but he had an affair with his maid and has a child. And now everyone says he's scum of the earth. No one should ever listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. He's a deep bag. Yeah, and that's and so, not Christianity. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these things aren't Christianity. They're just people are that way. Also in Christianity, it's bad, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. Right, and which again, I try to. This is why. I'm, this is why, I'm not concerned with the evangelical right. question anymore because we try to act like we're so much more special. Or we we got problems the rest of the people don't have. No, man, no. It's all, <laughs> yeah, it's all the way. It's all it's all together, and we just try to have a way of coping with it. Or we have a certain belief about who Jesus was and how God. So that worldview will definitely shape our our view. What does Bill Burr um, say about it? About Jesus, I've no, never about, heard him talk. No, about what did Bill Burr say about Schwarzenegger? That just that the point is that he's, oh, he, that we he write, said, write him he, off. He said, "You cannot tell me that man is a scumbag who should not be looked up to and admired. He made a mistake. Maybe he's made more mistakes, but look what this man accomplished." So he basically the, the context of his whole talk was about domestic abuse. He says, "You know, women women never get blamed for getting beat up." But he's like, "Let's start to kind of look at why women might should take a little bit of blame for getting beat up." It's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. But that was when I kind of appreciated the art of storytelling and the art of comedy. It was just like, man, this guy is a master storyteller, and he kind of crowned it with the judgment that Arnold Schwarzenegger has received because we don't look at his his bad. But for some reason, right, the evangelical community can still read the gospel or the book of Psalms. So even though we're all saying, man, I don't know if I can watch Bill Cosby, uh, I don't know if I can listen to MJ, neither of us four have a problem picking up that there you go. book. Joey can pick it up and everyone, you can write songs about it. You got, this probably been sung, made millions and billions of dollars. So one thing, Flesh Eater, or just its presence, so not even my intention, so forget my intentions, the presence of an album like this is hopefully causing people to go, how come I can praise Kendrick Lamar? How can I say all my life I want money and power and I want my dick to be as big as the Eiffel Tower so I can fuck the world for 72 hours? How can I be bumping that all day yet Bradley Hathaway's album's like, ah, this ain't right. Something ain't right. And I'm just like, fuck all that, man. They're just, just, it's, it's, it's an archaic view. It's unhealthy. It, it just get over it. I don't know. Well, that, that's a great point. And, and I think, too, that's it should be encouraging to all these songwriters and and people trying to create albums and put out there why why be safe and not push the limit and why would you want to write a record that you wouldn't have to kind of wrestle with a little bit like people should have to wrestle with your record right that's what you, that, that that that's like seems like the ultimate compliment and goal don't you want that that's what yeah so to speak a little bit about my intentions i'd hope there to be conversation so and to be clear there's a there's a lyric on my record where i went to my mentors and i go <sighs> This uh, this is a little much. I'm not comfortable with me saying this. I don't feel like I should have this on the record. And they go, you have to have that lyric on yep. the record. So the the record is in the song called Goddamn, and it's not. It's you know, blowjobs, f word, uh, all that stuff. That's nothing. You know, no one with a, no one with, in my opinion, like a, a well thought out thought life or intellectual and spiritual meddling would have a problem with someone using a word as a tool right so fuck oh, i'm not yeah. talking making love i'm not talking sex i'm very specifically saying fuck okay uh, a married couple on their wedding night is not fucking okay they're they're making love this dude on the record is fucking okay let's just be clear but um so the 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 lyric was if the devil is a lion and jesus is a lamb why can't they lie together after the trumpet sounds so that idea was this 
very discomforting thing to me that I had to wrestle with amongst all the other things. But to, to your point, I had to wrestle with it. I still wrestle with it. How far does God's grace go? How far does it not go? Um, and then that's that. I had to put it out and I had to leave it. And my mentors went as far as to say that the whole record hinges on that lyric, whatever that means. But mm-hmm. your well, mentor, your mentor is Joel Osteen, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, me and uh, what was that guy you rolled with Mark Driscoll? Me and him are yeah, on. Yeah, uh, we got a Skype interview. <laughs> we got Skype after right after this. <laughs> well, that's the you know I think that's very much one of the things that that is weird is just that we have a hard time letting things be complex. It just doesn't seem to pay off and right. people don't like it. And I don't understand why that right. is. It, and just, just do, do it. It's only because everybody else backs away from it that somebody like you sticks out because other people all back away from it in mass. Like, well, we can't have something complicated because that might make me look bad. And if everybody does that, then anybody's willing to be honest is going to look bad. So screw you yeah. all for making the honest people look bad. That makes me very yeah. agitated, but it's, but it's true. So somebody's got to get is out it, there. What is it? What does looking bad even mean? So what does it matter to me that I have 10,000 people upset with me? Or what does it matter to me that I get weird emails from people saying whatever they say? No, like doesn't at the, it, it doesn't have to matter. I mean, it still hurts, hurts my feelings. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, you're not my identity. But that's the problem. Back to this holistic approach to life. Who are we? Yeah. Why can't we just go for a run? It's because we don't have a really well-formed view of our own natures, our own view, right? We're all busy on our phones. Like... Dude, I smoke a bowl every night on the front porch with the sun setting tobacco, not not marijuana. Although, you know, anyway. Um, so, but my point is, there's got to be a, a, a settling of our spirits. So like, we gotta we gotta let the rain fall and sit around and kind of look around and just start. This is I'm being so ambiguous, Toby. I'm so sorry, but um, <laughs> the the point is, we have such a fractured view of ourselves and. To where now you like we have Christians who are if these guys are as good as Toby says they are they feel like they can't write an honest song and I'm not I'm not trying to champion everybody just be honest and say like you got raped when you were four years old like I want to hear that maybe that's something you need to do but I'm not suggesting that at all but I do I don't I don't well, it's understand. integrated we're looking for people to be integrated that would be ideal right and you I don't know, know the, the, I don't know why that's so hard except just you just do it like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's hard. Now, my family doesn't want to talk to me about certain things. Um, I have friends now who called me up and said, dude, how's your relationship with Jesus? And I go, bro, you, this record's been done for three years, and we've talked once a month the last three years. You never thought I had a problem with Jesus until you heard this track. So what, what gives, right? So I don't know. Um, just do it. I don't, <laughs> just do it, man. Just talk. Be honest. Talk about being constipated and then talk about worshiping the Lord because, yeah. right, did God not himself have to crap? I mean, did God himself, according to Christians, not have a butthole? Did God himself not probably have a stomach problem out there in the old desert drinking and it eating whatever? It was probably a beautiful butthole. We'll <laughs> no, I, I'm there. certain he, he never had to wipe. He was a single wipe guy. <laughs> a single wipe at most, yeah. He was, he was, because. he was clean. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for articulating that better than me. I think you're right. Like I, I, yeah. Why would it be, why are we all so proud of Jesus for hanging out with the tax collectors and prostitutes? But when we start talking about our tax collectors and prostitutes or people that we want to, you know, hang out with or the things that we do or the things that we think are right. Oh, we better not. We better not. We better not. Like I think Jesus set the best example of that. Hey, 
I got to be me. I got to do this. Love everybody. Try and figure this all out for you. And I'll, and so I think that's a, a great point. I'm glad you said it better than I ever did. But anyway, all right, we got we to gotta let you go here, Bradley. We're running out of time. But the album is called Flesh Eater. And I just already saw somebody on the feed already downloaded the album. So good for you. You guys can get it right now. Uh, Flesh Eater, uh, they can get it at Bandcamp, right? BradleyHathaway.com. Yeah, what's your favorite place to send people? You like Bandcamp best or the other stuff? Uh, yeah, Bandcamp, you get more money, and it's quicker. So iTunes, yeah, just buy it. Don't stream it. There's Just help me out. Just buy it. Yeah, yeah. good sure. luck with that. Yeah. They don't listen to that. They're going <laughs> to stream it. But at least Guys, stream, had, you would say yeah. at least stream it, though, right? Stream it as uh, opposed to no. don't stream it to see if you like it and then go buy it? Not even? Nah, just buy it. Just go back to 1999. Yeah. Just buy the thing. You need it. Isn't that it. funny that some a uh, Christian would tell you how terrible you are for your lyrics after they illegally streamed your yeah. album? <laughs> <laughs> well, you the, piece uh, of shit! The look, lyrics you wrote are terrible. I could barely listen through the free stream. On the, <laughs> the the reason that nobody's going to buy your album and they're going to stream it is because they don't want to get caught on their computer having that kind of filth. Like oh, downloaded. I can't tell you, I've gotten e- I've gotten emails from people who have said that. I've gotten emails from people who've literally said, "I love this, but I can't tell anyone." Yeah, that's and that's just it's a, it's a bummer. But I appreciate you guys having me on. This is uh, this was good. So thanks, man. Well, thank yeah, you, thank Brad. you, man. Thanks for joining us, Bradley. All right, man. We'll catch up maybe in the future. Yeah, we'll catch right. up soon. We appreciate it. Thank you. I think the thing for me too is when I'm thinking about this, and and I want everybody to understand, like when I think of of stuff i'm just trying to say it in the moment so i don't look like it, it, it's not well thought out but I, I do believe that like christian music could be super powerful and not right now it seems like it's trying to be commercial and it's trying to to like feed this thing as opposed to be really artistic push boundaries um and really get out there and, and so i guess that's the point i'm trying to make for sure that it can just be yeah. A little bit more dangerous. I think our pastors and the sermons they preach need to be a little bit more honest and revealing and dangerous. Like, right? I mean, it just seems like sure. that's what everybody. That's that's the thing that, like, people got mad at me for saying. You know, uh, this is scandalous. Love people up saying scandalous love of Jesus and the whole story of Jesus is scandalous. And this is this and all. You know, our God is a mighty God and He's a dangerous. But nobody really fulfills any of that stuff like by being honest and, and that's right. really pushing some limits. It's, it's more comfortable as a concept than a specific thing for people, yeah. but that's just I, I mean, ser- seriously, it's kind of interesting. Joey's one of the first pastors I ever heard about even talk about depression. I mean, seriously, like in a, in a sermon from the pulpit, like seriously, I've heard Joey talk about depression and his struggles, and I was like, man, regardless, I mean, it was a really shitty sermon. Joey's really bad at preaching, <laughs> but... <laughs> The content was amazing. Like, just, I mean, just to reveal yourself and be honest that way, I think it's pretty powerful. So, Toby, how do you spell pulpit? P U L P I T, but most people probably think P O O L P I T. But did you ever think when you're little, because there's a lot of words like that where you think they're spelled a different way? You know what I mean? So, you yeah. could have thought reasonably when you were a kid that it was called a pulpit. I thought when I was little, I thought it was the pulp. Pit. Like I thought it was P U L P P I T because the way my pawpaw preached. So pulp pit. I don't know. Yeah. The pulp pit. Yeah. Like pulp. Pulp. Yeah, there's a lot of words. There's a lot of words like that. Like uh, my favorite is Seth's grandma, who doesn't isn't a big reader. Um I don't know if she can read it all, but she set talks says a lot of words like children often do, I think so cute. But she calls talks about talking on the telephone. And she <laughs> and she makes spaghetti salts. 
as, yeah. a, as opposed to sauce and stuff like that. And there's a lot of words like that, but I think, you know, language yeah. is verbal first and, and, and oh, yeah. uh, written down my, secondarily. So I give credit to anybody that's doing that. My grandpa. Joey thought the word my, verbal, until Joey was seven or eight years old, he thought the word verbal was Virgil. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, my granddad actually used to say, "Hell, I don't know why people say la lasagna ain't no z in it. It's lasagna." <laughs> so he would always say, and I'm like, "Well, there's also a g in there, so you got to go to lasagna." But uh, yeah, he was a crazy one. So I, I still don't understand, Joey, how you got poignant. I know there's a G, but I mean, nobody said that. You, you've said poison. That's from hey, reading. Dude, That's the hey, opposite effect. I'm telling you, man, there are so, I mean, you know this, Toby. There are so many things that it just got by me, and here I am, a 35, <laughs> you know, now I'm 39, and I've been saying, I mean, you. I said Missouri. I thought it was Missouri, and nobody called me out on it until I'm 30 years old. Why couldn't That's someone say, hey, you you're, have, you're not yeah. saying it right? I yes, th- exactly. Matt, I thought it was, brings up two points. I said, One, I was saying, like, I was I said Minneapolis because I thought it rhymed with Indianapolis, and then my wife is just like, you know, it's Minneapolis. I was like, no, I didn't know that. Nobody's told me that. How am I supposed to know if no right. one's going to call your, me your out? Your teacher's on like, oh, I can't, I can't. That poor little depressed kid, I can't, I can't. Just let him have that. No, it's let like him yeah. have <laughs> He's got so many things wrong that you often look at him Good and go. What's the point? Just let it. Just let it go. I don't, I don't you, know. You're really gonna call out a, a, a bald obese fourth grader with depression? Right. <laughs> let him have Missouri. Here's what they said to people: It's like let, if you use food on your face. Of course, you'd appreciate somebody telling you. Now we get hassled for giving you a hard time, but we're really helping you. But surely, there's people all along the way in your teen years and everything that was like, you know what? I probably should correct him on all these verbal things he's got wrong. But ha! What are the chances he'll be a public speaker for a living? <laughs> it's surely oh, a matter. goodness but goodness the other one po- the po- poignant one is the reverse of that that's where you see a word in print and mispronounce it in your head and then you go to say it verbally and you've said it wrong there but yeah well, i always like, would I, give credit to i used the to au- say, the audio part of ver- the verbal part not the written part yeah personally. i used to say plethora instead of plethora i mean there's just there i could go on and on and on <laughs> anyway hey uh this this podcast is supported by our sponsors but even more so supported by the bc club and we're always bringing on new members to the bc club which means that they get to be a part of a facebook community they get an extra podcast episode and they actually get some merchandise sent to them and depending on what levels some people get every single release of books uh music and and everything we put out on on bad christian you you get that stuff so our newest bc clubbers we have rob pool john bird mike mason dan salisbury clay cobb and arik hendrix thank you guys and welcome to the bc club so we still have people sign up every single week to the BC. Every every episode Praise we got new Lord. names. Yeah. Praise yep. the Lord. Yep. All right. Well, you know, it's the Holy Spirit at work in people's hearts and minds. Hey, the Holy Spirit is even bringing people to the BC club before bringing them to him. Like yep. he's just wow. like well, immediate stuff. I've got right, I got to bring you to the BC club and then we'll get you to God. So it's <laughs> wow. We're like purgatory. <laughs> right. All right, I want everybody to please buy your tickets to come see Emory. We're going to be we're starting in Missouri next week and then we're headed <laughs> towards Seattle. So if you're in that path, that's Denver and Salt Lake and 
Boise and Seattle and Kansas City. I believe that's all of them. But we're coming, and guess what? It's $10. Devin's going to be with us. Full band. Oh, my it's gosh. Great. It's oh, only gosh. $10, so I have no understanding of if you haven't bought a I ticket don't either. yet. And you I can hear either. my voice, and you live within 100 miles of any of those cities. I've got no – what else do you want me to do if you won't buy yeah, a ticket when seriously. it's $10? Matt, I, Matt, Matt, I'm going to go so frank to say that it makes me sick to my damn stomach I'm to sick. think of people yeah. in Missouri that aren't going to buy a ticket. That's I mean, right. what, what in the hell? You are recording this podcast consistently, giving it to people for free, and they can't show up to your livelihood? Yeah, I just don't yes. get it. I know. I don't what about it. the Matt and Toby album? Have you pre-ordered it yet? The Matt and Toby no, album? No, they haven't. Pre-order. They don't give a shit about you or what you do. Are you crazy? Shit about us. They give a shit about you. Shit about us. They give a shit about us. They're going to buy your crap. Are you crazy? <laughs> hey, Matt, with all you've read and all you've studied and the people that you've interviewed, <laughs> do people give a shit about us? <laughs> No, I think I think we have twenty five to fifty percent of our audience is people that just think we are morons and just kind of get a kick out of hearing us be people they don't like. Yeah, you know, like I, I follow people on Facebook that I don't like. That's what that's that. what it is. Yeah, many what percentage of our guests too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. All right, All right well, guys, folks, we're out guys, here. guys, it was a pleasure. In him, <laughs> in him. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.